Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hey, this is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, tune into me today. Uh, as always, I'm excited about my recovery journey and everything that I've learned along the way. And for today's podcast, I'm even a little, a little bit more excited because uh, I have the, the privilege and the honor of not only being the friend of Wendy since she's come into the program and Making, made a decision to become clean and sober, but also to become her friend. And so while Laura and I are vacationing down in Florida, we're over in the Daytona Beach area, and Wendy lives over on the um, western side of uh, Florida, the Gulf side, over in Hudson. And so we were able to get together. Her boyfriend and, and Nick and her came out to hang out with Laura and me. So as a privilege of that opportunity, We've decided to do a podcast. So, Wendy, say hello. Hello. And, uh, Wendy, you and I, we share so much. I feel so close to you, Wendy, and I'll let her tell her story, and we'll chat a little bit about what her recovery journey has been like. But suffice it to say, uh, we're going on about five years in terms of uh, our relationship. And so, Wendy, uh, when we first met... Uh, I described Wendy on particular podcasts as a person who could um, who couldn't rub two nickels together and get a dime, <laughs> which is the best way to describe Wendy. But Wendy, let's go back to when you and I first met, and I remember how afraid you were mm-hmm. because I remember how afraid I was. So let's go back to the beginning of your journey and. And what were some of the challenges and struggles you had along the way as you were trying to get a grasp on recovery? When I decided to get sober? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, really, I <clears throat> my the, the first thing that I really had trouble with was just knowing that I was worthy of getting better. Um, I, I knew I needed to get sober. Um, but I was really afraid to. And the, and the reason that I was afraid to get sober was because I knew I had to face myself. And I didn't know myself. And I was hiding from, you know, who I really was. And obviously I didn't know who I really was. And But I, I guess the, the one thing that really helped me was um, I knew what it was like to give up, to mm-hmm. to fail, I guess you would say, for lack of a better term. But I wanted to know what it was like on the other side of that. You know, I, I always, like, I know what it's like to give up constantly. But I felt that I wanted to see what, what I could do if I didn't give up. Interesting. Yeah. So, so there was always a part of you that wanted to see on the other side there was always a part of you in other words you hadn't given up hope Correct. even though you were at the bottom of of your life at the time is right. that is that fair yes <coughs> so so what 
what made you keep clinging? Because oftentimes, and, and sadly enough, so many of us along the way, <clears throat> we give up entirely and we either overdose, mm-hmm. so indirectly take our own life, or or we do directly commit suicide. What was it about where you were at when you and I first met? <clears throat> Almost December of uh, five years ago. Wow. It's, we're really coming up. I know time flies, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so we had met in December or January of like nine, um, 2017. Yes. Something like that. And so what was it about where you were at where you you decided not to give up to continue to try? There must have been something. Was it tangible or intangible? Was it a hope? Was it something you believed in? Do you remember back then? Um, yes, I, I'm not really sure how to answer that. It doesn't matter. Just okay. what, whatever you think it was. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so there were a lot of things, um, because I had tried to, I had tried to get sober quite a few times, and I obviously wasn't doing it for the right reasons, because I, I, I didn't want it, and this time, things got so out of control, and there was a situation, um, that happened that I feel... I can't really get into too much detail, Mm -hmm. but I feel that something diverted that, and I believe that that was my higher power. Like diverted in terms of something worse could have happened to you? Correct, yes. Okay. Um, I was on my way, you know, I was going to make a really bad decision, and Uh I was on my way to do something that I knew I would regret, um, to get high, and I, it ended up somehow getting called off, and I just remember having a strong feeling that it was my higher power. Really? Yes. And Even before you were really had a higher power that correct. you could depend on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always, when I when I was in AA for, you know, the time that I was in and out, I wasn't in the program, but I was in and out of the fellowship. Sure. But I did That's hold, a great distinction, by the way. Yeah. I, I held on to what I wanted my higher power to be. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt my whole life that there has always been something looking out for me. Something, mm-hmm. someone, some type of force, something, right? And it has always wanted to get my attention. And today, I know that that's God. Mm-hmm. But then, I really didn't know, but I remember hearing about God shots and like, you know, like, I, I guess that was like a term they used mm-hmm. or, you know, when when something happened that you really couldn't explain, you know, I don't know. But that's kind of how I thought of it. I'm like, you know, just there was an overwhelming feeling that I had that it was my higher power doing something in my life to make me realize the mistake I was about to make mm-hmm. and how, how low I had gotten. Um, and I'll be honest, I... I didn't care enough about myself. I didn't have the hope for myself. It wasn't like that. It, it was just, I truly believe that it was my higher power that directed me to where I am. Now, once I actually got in the program, right, and I started doing the work, I started to want it for myself. Mm-hmm. But I really think that it was just a divine intervention all the way when it comes down well, to it. Yeah. You know, I hear that I hear that a lot. There's a, there's a defining moment... And and it almost 
it brings us out of character to where we we would do something which is seek recovery in a way that we hadn't before. Mm-hmm. You know, where we sort of scratched at the surface. But but for me, it was, I was convinced I was going to die. Mm-hmm. And if something didn't change in that moment, literally that moment, that day, mm-hmm. that window, it was going to close on me and something bad would have happened. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like something diverted you from something worse happening. Correct. And you knew... You needed, you really needed help in a way. Yeah. You know, um, I remember early on, one of the things that I was always try to convince you about is, is understanding your accomplishment. I remember you never wanting to take credit or receive credit, or you would always use the word only. You would mm-hmm. say, I would say, how long have you been? Only <laughs> seven days or only 10 days. And because yeah. again, folks, I've known Wendy even before day one began. We, we met before day one and then, and then we've known each other and, and I've had the privilege of watching her grow for almost the last five years. But one of the things that, and, and maybe talk on that, when did you start to turn the corner where you realized, damn, I'm really accomplishing something. And you started to remove the word only from your vocabulary. And what did that do for you? So I, I think when that started was, was when, um, I'm going to go back a little bit. So when I first got sober, I had a laundry job. And I... I remember. Yeah. Yeah, folding clothes and you hated it. Oh, I hated it. Because, you know... I was hung up on the fact that I have a bachelor's degree. Yeah. And and why am I not enough to, um, y- you know, to uh, have a better job? Mm-hmm. Um, I, hindsight's twenty twenty, so obviously I know better now. But then I think when it when I really realized something, um, when I realized that <clears throat> I I was accomplishing something was when. I remember complaining, like, I used to call my sponsor all the time, and I would complain to her about, you know, I'm folding these clothes, I make $8 an hour, um, you know, and, and back home I made 15 and you know, like, all that stuff, right? But one day I just decided to, you know, she, she my sponsor really said, you know, she, she, she was like, why don't you just try being grateful for what you have? And mm-hmm. when I heard that, ugh, I was so, I was, I was thinking, how could you say that to me? I mean, you have no idea, right? But then I, I started to try it, little by little. I tried it. It wasn't, you know, it was kind of a fake it till you make it thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there came a time where I was truly grateful to just be, you know, to be sober to learn how to be a good employee because I was not a good employee back in the day. And um, I don't know. It, I just, I realized something was changing in me because I was taking suggestions and I was trying them out and they were working mm-hmm. because on my year anniversary sober, I actually got a job in my field Yeah. in case management. So now I kind of look at it differently. I'm like, well, maybe I, 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 I needed that job, that laundry job, mm-hmm. to learn how to be a good employee, to do the best I could, so I could actually help people and do something more important later on, once I got a little bit of recovery, you know. So, so with, with that, once you realized 
that everything you were doing was leading you to something more, mm-hmm. you started you stopped minimizing. Right. So so again, you know, we it's interesting because we obviously in recovery, whether it's N A O A G A S A, you name it, um, we, everything is one day at a time. You know, and even though sometimes the days don't move as quickly as we'd like them to, you know, it actually takes seven days to equal a week and 30 or 31 days to equal a month, right? And 12 months to equal a year and they never quite move fast enough. We, it's that we want what we want when we want it, right? Right, right. Mentality. But I think in, in direct correlation to you recognizing that, um, that that job was a stepping stone for you becoming that good application, that one day at a time you understood the value in that one day at a time to when you got your 30, your 60, your 90-day chip, Mm -hmm. I think you began to see each day as an accomplishment instead of it only being only Mm -hmm. 29 days or 34 days or 59 days. You saw it as, as a stepping stone to the next day and the next opportunity. So, so again, it, it was very difficult. But I think once you, what did that do to you once you saw that your 30 days or your 45 days, even though it wasn't as much as you would want it to be, because who doesn't want more? That's, right. I tell people that's my middle name is, my name, middle name is more, um, <laughs> for which I make no apologies. Um, but just because I want more doesn't mean I don't appreciate what I have in the now. Does that make sense? Yes. How does that, how does, how did that grow for you in terms of, because now you're almost five years clean and sober, you're, you know, you see the light at the end of the tunnel a lot differently, you used to think it was a train, now you see it as an opportunity. (laughs) Yes. How did that, when, when did that start to turn for you and what did that do for you and more importantly, what did that begin to do for you in terms of how you work with others? Hmm, that's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what was the question again? How did that? How did that change your whole perspective? How did what? In seeing the value in the day, mm-hmm. instead of minimizing the day, maximizing the day. What did it do for you? And in turn, how did it help you become more effective with other people you were working with? Did it? Did it empower you to, if I'm doing this good with this amount of time? Mm -hmm. Because, again, we can go two ways with it. I've only got 120 days. Or, holy crap, I've come a long way in 120 days. I can't wait for 121. Mm -hmm. There's two ways. There's two schools of looking at it. Either it's not enough or it's everything we need to get to the next. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. So how do you think that affected you in terms of your personal recovery and how did it help you become more effective with other people? Because obviously other people, remember I would tell you where you weren't seeing your value but other people would come in and say, holy cow, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got that much time? Yeah. And you would have to give give almost credence, almost respect to that day where before you were saying it was only, mm-hmm. now it's more than only because other people... Does that make sense? Yes. How did that, how did that trans, transpire for you? 
Um, <clears throat> ooh, I'm a little stumped here. <laughs> yeah, just share. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, there there was, I minimized a lot of things because I didn't think that I could accomplish um, that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would get a couple days sober, a couple months sober, and then I would just, you know, go back out and do do what I was doing. But, um, and I guess I was afraid that that would become the same story for me over and over that I, that I was just, that recovery just isn't something for me. Um, but I don't really know when it happened with, with that. I think when I hit my year, Mm -hmm. things started to change because I had worked the steps with my, with my, um, with my old sponsor, not, not my current one. And I don't know. I feel like there there was just a shift in my thinking, and I just I mean because I, because really at the end of the day we only have today we only have right now mm-hmm. um, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow we don't know what's going to happen in an hour right right so so we only have what we have in the moment and I mean I don't know I just learned to be grateful for where I'm at. Um, and you know there would be people that that would come in and go well i'm only three days sober but i realized today that one even one day sober for people like us is i mean that's not even supposed to happen yeah you know and i started to realize that at about a year you know and i'm just i know how hard it is to to be at day one, day two, day three. And when people would just, you know, come up and say, oh, you have a year, wow, I only have three days, that's nothing. And it's like, but that's actually something. (laughs) Because you're not using, that's three days that you have not picked up a drink or a drug. Yeah, which is out of our, which is out of our, character. Our character. Right. Yeah, it's very uncharacteristic. Mm -hmm. Because people like you and me, that's what we do, we drink and use. Exactly, and... For so long, I I felt like I wanted, you know, that I had to have more time and more this and more that to be valuable, to be better. But then I realized, like, when people would look at me at a year, and yes, I do want to keep myself humble because I don't want to sit here and go, yeah, I have a year, I'm so great, right? Um, because I understand now that I could always go back to day one. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go back to day one, so I want to continue to help other people see the value in their three days yeah you know three days one one week three months i mean that is huge and um you know especially with people that maybe are you know that they that they chronically relapse um and they have more time than they did before i mean to me that is a big deal um and, and now i'm realizing that it's not even about time because there's no destination there's, you know, like, there's no end point, right? Mm-hmm. The end point is when we're gone. Right. Um, this is just a journey at the end of the day. And, and I stopped worrying about how many days I had, how many. Sometimes I look at it and I go, wow, that's really cool. And I, and I kind of celebrate that like you do on, you know, on your pages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think about it the way I used to. I used to be like, oh, when I hit two years, I'll be proud of myself. But yeah. I don't know, just after I hit a year, things started changing because I started seeing things happen in my life that I never thought would have happened. And just because I had a good job, right? When I was back home before I got sober, I had a good job. Like, I had things. 
but it was different this time because I looked at it differently and the fact that I could see that little job, right, that little job as a stepping stone to where I thought I was. Yeah. But really I'm worlds away from what I thought I was to what I actually am, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I don't know. It it just after a year I feel like things just really started. Then I hit two years and you know and then the other stuff started. You know what I mean? Like once you stop worrying, you know, it's it stops becoming about, okay, I'm not going to drink today. I'm not going to use today, blah, blah, blah. Now it's, I feel bad. How am I going to feel better? Yeah. You know? Yeah, so the emphasis goes away. You know, and we always know that that we could go back to drinking and using, but it's what we're doing. It's the joy we find. In the beginning, I was, I, I stayed clean and sober because I was afraid to drink or use. Yeah. Now, and over the decades, I've stayed clean and sober because I just enjoy this life. I'm living so much. It's like, why would I give it up? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been restored to sanity and only an insane person yeah. would give this back. So, and, and I think that goes a lot to what you said because I want to get into the bread and butter of what you do as a person of recovery because... It is a journey. It's not a destination. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm so grateful I never arrive. I'm so grateful that at 35 plus years, I'm not done. Mm -hmm. You know, and the longer I'm sober, Wendy, the more I realize there's so much more for me. Mm -hmm. And I I have this insatiable appetite because it's like, if, if I feel this good with what I know, how good can I feel if I learn a little bit more, right. how to be a better person, a better husband, a better father, a better friend, a better whatever, mm-hmm. a better coach, you know, a better sober example. If this is this good, you know, and you know what? That's the people that I know. I call them my five, you know, with Buddy and Eddie and Steve and Scott mm-hmm. and Will. They have 196 years combined of sobriety. You know, and I tell that to people on a regular basis because you know what they're doing? They're doing everything that they taught me to do mm-hmm. when I came into the program almost 36 years ago. Right. They're still doing the same thing. And they're still on that journey as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so so when, when it transitioned for you, when you really believe, wow, I, you know, on one hand it's like I have to do this every day. And then, <clears throat> then it transitions to... I get to do this for the rest of my life. Right. It sort of flips the script, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It, it changes it from being something you have to do, and you mentioned it before, something that you want to do. Right. How did that, like, change your whole mentality and approach? I mean, I... I don't know, just... Today, like, you want to know in terms of today? Yeah, sure. Okay. You know, today, I look at things differently. Like, I get to go to work. I get to drive my car. I I get to wake up in my bed in my own room. Because you know what? When I was, my first two years, I was stuck in a one-bedroom with my mom, and I was on the couch. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost like life took me all the way back to square one, because I had... You know, the fiancé, the the car, and the apartment, and, and the great life, and I had the money, right? 
but I was but I, you were dying right and and so it's it's like I don't know it's just crazy how it happened and it it's just it, it took me back to square one yeah. and for a long time it, it was why me why me where where right but but I really needed to be knocked down off that pedestal that I was on yeah and and really humbled and I'm glad that it worked because, you know, I mean, and, you know, there's days where I'm like, oh, I got to get up and do this and that, right? But but there are days where I have to remember that I get to do those yeah. things because if I was going the rate that I was going five years ago now, I don't even know if I'd be here doing yeah. anything, Yeah. you know, and, and um, I'm not as hard on myself as I, as I used to be. Um, you know, I used to give it all to God, you know, it's only God, it's not me. Well, that may have been true in the beginning, mm -hmm. but now I want to, you know, I want to be a better person. There are things in recovery that have been so challenging, like my mental health and, and just, you know, past trauma and like those kinds of things. And it stopped being about staying sober. And it's just, it's just, it's just about how can I be better? How can I take responsibility for myself in my future? Mm -hmm and recover from the trauma instead of being a victim let's stop the victim mentality yeah that's kind of where i'm at now you know and 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 a lot of us come in as victims right but it doesn't mean we have to stay because you know as i was even chatting earlier with nick you know if we were and, and again i love the zig ziglar quote mm -hmm. you know and we can extrapolate it and make it whatever we want to make it zig said if I'm born poor, it's not my fault. But if I die poor, it is my fault. Right. And the same thing, a lot of us were victims, yeah. you know. We grew up, and I know a little bit about your bit about your background, very similar. I was born into an alcoholic household as well, yeah. very dysfunctional. Right. The middle of seven kids, I didn't know my, my, my excuse the language, I didn't know my ass or my hole in the ground growing <laughs> up, right? I was very lost, very confused. I grew up in, in a sense of victim and a hostage of my dad and everything else that he was brought up with, which was much worse than me. But if, and, and that wasn't my fault, right. you know, but if I die that way, right. at some point we have to take personal responsibility and we have to stop saying it's because of them, it's because of that, it's because of people, places, and things right. that I'm the way that I am today in that whole victimhood. I'm never going to get better because look at what they did to me. Right. And, and you know, the, the one thing that's always stuck with me, and I say this to a lot of people that are new that come through the rooms, mm -hmm. you know, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, I don't want to do it for me. I'm doing it for my kids or I'm doing it for this or that or my mom. And I remember you telling me that it's okay if you come in doing it f mm -hmm. for another reason. Yeah. But eventually you will come to find, if, if you take the correct steps of those before you, you'll find that you do want it for yourself. Because you know what? For the first year and a half, I didn't. You know? Yeah. I was doing it for everybody else. I was doing it because I just knew I had to and I didn't want to die. That was basically it. Mm-hmm. And then when I hit around two and a half years, you know, my mental health was starting to get bad. And I, and I realized I needed to take action on that. You know, there are outside things and, um, you know, outside issues is what, is sure. what they are. Yeah. Um, and I'm realizing that those, you know, the unhealed trauma, the unresolved things was probably why I was doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And now I, and now it, it's like, 
to, um, oh, I had it. I don't even know what I was going to say. I was right there. In terms of, of, of no longer being a victim. Right. Right. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I really lost my train of thought. No, that's, and that's fine because, you know, there, there's so much that goes on when we try to combine it and put it all together in a mm -hmm. box and articulate it. Sometimes it's challenging because putting those all those pieces together to make them cohesive is a challenge. The good thing is you found a way, you found a path, you found a journey to to go from victim to victor. Right. And that's what you are today. You're a champion mm -hmm. for recovery. Let's talk in the time we have left. How important because you said you you were originally in the fellowship but not in recovery. Right. Now you're in recovery. Mm -hmm. I mean you're you're a champion of the twelve steps. You go to meetings, you you have a sponsor, you work with others, you're an example to others. How important are the because a lot of times and I say this because a lot of my Facebook and social media groups and places that I'll go and speak and chat with other people in treatment centers, you know, they'll say, my life is crap, my life is this, my life is that, and then I'll say, are you going to meetings? No. Do you have a sponsor? No. Are you working the 12 steps? No. Are you, and I, and I look at them and say, and you're confused as to why things are going wrong? Right. You know, because you're still working against yourself, so... How important is it to do all of those things, Wendy, instead of just picking and choosing like we would a buffet? Well, <clears throat> because if you look historically, um, the people before us, the people that have recovered before us, mm -hmm. they 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 followed the program. There's a program, yeah, and it's in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it was written out that way and I have followed the people that have done every single thing that that book has laid out now I know it doesn't say anything really about a sponsor or anything like that but it's what has worked and those things are very important because if I didn't work on the steps then I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to see myself for what I was at that point yeah. in time and that was so important because I was blaming the world I you know poor me poor me right and I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I built a, you know, my, me, me and my sponsor, we built a foundation for my recovery, which was just don't drink and go to meetings, and then we'll start working on the steps. Mm -hmm. And we started working on the steps. I continue to go to meetings. I've helped some people along the way, um, and I, I've done the steps, and, I and you know, and I don't know. It, it just completely changed my life and there's a reason that it's in the book and there's a reason that this that there are the suggestions that are there um because if i want what they have i have to do what they did yeah if you want what we have and are willing to go to any lengths to get it right. then you're ready to take certain steps you know it says in the big book and i share this in meetings where especially when i know there's a lot of newcomers it says we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Right. And and that's such a dramatic word. We beg. We're pleading. I'm on my hands and knees saying, please do this. Because you and I know what happens to people like you and me if we don't. Yeah. One day, we just don't show up anymore mm -hmm. because we're dead. Yeah. And what a shame it is to die from a preventable disease. Right. It's not like we've got terminal cancer. It's not like we have 
some type of ailment that there's no cure and we and, and, and not even a cure from the sense of never having it again because as a melanoma as a cancer survivor I'll always have the cancer gene in me and that's why I get checked up every year right. to make sure it's in, in it's in remission but it says on page 17 we have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and that's what we have and, and unless if you're only a part of the fellowship you don't understand what that what that solution really is exactly because it's only by working the solution mm-hmm. you know it's it's not by accident that chapter 5 is how it works and chapter 6 is into action yeah well <clears throat> I will say that um, when I was on the outside looking in you know I was just like, there's no way steps are, you know, these steps are going to change my life and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, and then it went from that to I'm not worthy of my life changing and I'm just doomed to be this way. And I hear that a lot. You know, I'm just going to be this way and this is just how I am, whatever. But I kept challenging that and I kept going because, again, like I said in the beginning, I wanted to see what it was like to not give up. Yeah. Because the there has time. to be right, there has <laughs> yeah. to be something better on the other side yeah. of it. And there is. And I always, you know, and people are just like, you know, I y- you don't get it. And I'm just like, I absolutely do get it because I didn't want the sponsor. The 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 first time I went to a meeting, someone said, "Do you have a sponsor?" I said, "No." They said, "Well, are you going to work the steps?" I said, "I don't really think I need the steps. I'm I'm just going to go to meetings, you know, just just because." <laughs> and I and and that's funny to me now but I was dead serious yeah. and there are so many people that come in that are dead serious because they because they don't think these things can happen for them yeah. but the promises do happen and they're happening in my life right right now I mean I've really come full circle when it comes down to it you know I'm a counselor and and I work at a clinic and 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 we deal with substance use substance abuse yeah. and it's just crazy that I've been entrusted in that field I don't know. It's just life is crazy for me. I mean, no, it's not perfect, and I do want more. And but so, but when I really sit down and look at where I was versus where I am now, I mean, I'm a completely different person, and I feel like I am who I was meant to be. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And but the great thing is, um, I I sit here tonight and tell you it gets better, you know, and 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 it blows me away right. because because my sponsor will. In January 1st, he'll have 42 years, and he'll say, Bobby, let me tell you, it gets better. And and, and insane to me. And I remember at the deathbed of my sponsor, Jack, when he was 44 years sober and dying of cancer, and I said, Jack, what can I tell them? What, would, what should I tell them from you? And he said, Bob, tell them it works. It does. Doesn't work? It does, absolutely. Well, folks, this is all the time we have today. Obviously, Wendy and I could chat and chat and (laughs) chat, but eventually we would bore you, so we will call it a day. Wendy, thank you so much for spending time with me on this podcast. Any parting words before we close out for the day? No, just thank you for having me. I mean, I'm actually honored to be part of this. It's a pleasure. I'm so encouraged and so excited because one day I need to pass the mantle you know, to others because mm-hmm. we only live as long as we live, right? right? 
And as sad as that will be, my joy is knowing that between you and, and Debbie and Angela and Tess and Chaz and all of the others that I've had an opportunity, Chris T, all the others I've had an opportunity to influence, there's a great group of people coming up mm -hmm. behind me just as I came up behind Texas Mike and, and Jack and and um, uh, Pete the Greek and the right. others who paved the way for me as well. So my name is Robert. I'm the Recovery Guy. Go check me out at Recovery Guy um, uh, underscore Guy uh, on Instagram, RecoveryGuy.org uh, on uh, uh, on my website. Also, uh, Recovery Guy 1986 on Twitter. Real Recovery Guy on YouTube. I can be found in a multiple different areas. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your encouragement. Uh, just remember that we get um, uh, broken apart and we get whole together. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the Recovery Guy.